Welcome to the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast, helping one student at a time. Visit NPTEFF.com to enroll today so you can pass tomorrow. Thank you for joining us here on the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast. My name is David. And my name is Emily. Today, we will be discussing the various types of incomplete spinal cord injury clinical syndromes. So before we dive into these different types of clinical syndromes, let's first review what an incomplete spinal cord injury is. An incomplete spinal cord injury is defined as the presence of motor and or sensory function below the neurological level, including sensory and or motor function at S4 and an S5 with presence of sacral sparing. Now, if you're not familiar with sacral sparing, sacral sparing is when the individual is able to feel deep anal pressure or able to produce a voluntary anal sphincter contraction when tested. An incomplete spinal cord injury can occur due to a traumatic or non-traumatic mechanism. Non-traumatic causes include things such as disease, infection, and congenital deficits. And traumatic causes, which are more common, can include motor vehicle accidents, falls, sports, work-related injuries, and gunshot or stab wounds. So there are several types of incomplete spinal cord injuries, which tend to present clinically as a combination of syndromes rather than isolated signs and symptoms based on the area of spinal cord affected or injured. By having a proper understanding of these clinical syndromes, you can set up appropriate treatment goals and develop a proper treatment plan, which can lead to better functional outcomes. Additionally, it is important to note that patients who are identified as one of the clinical syndromes should still be given a designated neurological, motor, and sensory level, and further be assigned an Asia impairment scale classification as well. Make sure you head over to our podcast, which does describe the Asia scale in detail, if you do need an additional review on this topic. So now I'm going to pass it over to David. Now it is time to break it down. Let's look at those clinical syndromes. For anterior cord syndrome, it's an injury to the anterior portion of the spinal cord and or anterior spinal artery. It's commonly associated with flexion injuries of the cervical spine. Compression of the anterior portion of the spinal cord can be caused from a fracture, dislocation, or a cervical disc protrusion. A patient with this will present with bilateral loss of motor function and pain and temperature below the level of injury. Injury to the corticospinal tract will cause the loss of motor function, while injury to the anterior and lateral spinal thalamic tract will cause the loss of pain and temperature. Patients with anterior cord syndrome typically require longer inpatient care and rehabilitation. Brown-Sicord syndrome is an injury to one side or hemisection of the spinal cord. This is commonly associated with penetration wounds, such as a gunshot or even a stab wound. 
A patient with Bronson cord syndrome will present with ipsilateral motor and sensory loss below the level of injury. The ipsilateral loss of proprioception, light touch, and vibratory sense is caused by an injury to the dorsal column. The ipsilateral paralysis is caused by damage to the lateral corticospinal tract. Contralateral loss of pain and temperature is caused by an injury to the anterior and lateral spinal thalamic tract. For central cord syndrome, this is the most common spinal cord injury syndrome. It is an injury to the central portion of the spinal cord. This is commonly associated with hyperextension injuries to the cervical spine and with congenital or degenerative narrowing of the spinal canal. In central cord syndrome, you'll see the upper extremity more involved than the lower extremity. As cervical, as cervical tracts are more centrally located and lumbar and sacral tracts are more peripherally located. You'll also notice that the patient will have more motor loss than sensory loss. The patient will have normal sexual, bowel, and bladder functions with complete preservation of sacral tracts. Let's look at posterior cord syndrome. This is the most rare type of spinal cord injury syndrome. It is commonly associated with compression by a tumor or infarction of the posterior spinal artery. A patient with posterior cord syndrome will present with bilateral sensory loss below the level of injury, bilateral loss of proprioception, stereognosis, two-point discrimination, and vibration sense. So now I will be reviewing the various cauda equina injuries. So cauda equina syndrome is an injury to the collection of long nerve roots, which are located below the conus medullaris. Complete transection of this area is very rare because there are a large number of nerve roots. Due to the large abundance of nerve roots, you will most likely see an incomplete injury in this area, which is deemed a lower motor neuron lesion. The signs and symptoms include areflexic bowel and bladder, saddle anesthesia, and flaccid paralysis with no spinal reflex activity. Next, I will be reviewing conus medullaris syndrome. This is an injury to the distal portion of the spinal cord. This includes both lower motor neuron and upper motor neuron lesions. Typically, there is lower extremity motor and sensory loss, and areflexic bowel and bladder present. Now that you understand the various types of incomplete spinal cord injuries, here is a quote from Manny Pacquiao. If you practice hard, you can win every battle. That's right, warriors. You got to keep on practicing. Practice makes perfect. You got to keep on taking those practice exams. Get on the field, get in the game, and practice, practice, practice. Go defeat this exam. You are powerful. You are strong. You are a final frontier warrior, and you will pass. Thank you very much for listening. For more information on NPTE Final Frontier, please visit NPTEFF.com.
You can also go check out all of our social media platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Till next time, have a great day and a powerful tomorrow.